Welcome to episode 87 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine and your podcast host. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Arthur Kwan, CEO of CG Oncology. Arthur talks about the present and future of bladder cancer therapies and how he's committed to making a difference. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Arthur. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, I'll be interviewing Arthur Kwan, CEO of CG Oncology. Arthur's here to discuss bladder cancer therapies and how his company is contributing to the fight. Thanks for joining us today, Arthur. Thank you for having me here today. So tell me what CG Oncology is working on and where it fits into treatment for bladder cancer. Sure. So CG Oncology is a clinical stage biotech company. We are developing oncolytic immunotherapies for patients with advanced cancers. Our lead asset is called CG0070. It's a cancer-selective oncolytic immunotherapy that's currently in four different programs for bladder cancer. The most advanced cancer is in a phase three pivotal study in the indication called BCG unresponsive non-muscle invasive bladder cancer, which is a serious unmet medical need that we're also partnering with Merck right now to work on a combination therapy. I should also mention that most of bladder cancer are non-muscle invasive and greater than 50% of them would recur within a year after being treated with BCG, which is the first line standard of care therapy for these patients. As one of the few drugs available for bladder cancer, what impact has Merck's shortage of BCG had on patients? So as mentioned, BCG being the standard of care and the first line therapy for intermediate risk and high risk non-muscle invasive bladder cancer patients, it's definitely had a big impact on these patients. To just give a little bit more context, BCG is a mycobacterium. Uh, it was invented in the 1920s. It's extremely difficult to manufacture. Even till this day, Merck still relies on that same process that was invented 100 years ago. So with that background, the constant shortage of global BCG has been a big issue starting around 2016 or so. So I'll just name three reasons that BCG has been a big problem for bladder cancer patients. Number one, because of the shortage, prioritization is now given to high-risk bladder cancer patients only, leaving these intermediate risk groups without BCG therapy. So other strategies have been deployed, even for the high-risk patients, to reduce the dosage of BCG and cutting back maintenance therapies for these patients. Another issue that we've seen also is with the general logistics and distribution of BCG. Sites who have a lesser order history with BCG aren't getting adequate supplies, and oftentimes the supply chain is spotty and unreliable. And lastly, one of the most critical issues that we're now seeing is there are studies that have shown with inadequate supply of BCG, we're seeing a higher recurrence of bladder cancer compared to the era when BCG was not an issue with supply. 
So overall, this is why we believe that newer therapies need to be brought to the market as an alternative or backup to BCG. So what caused the shortage of BCG? Sure. So first of all, it is extremely difficult to manufacture BCG, a live bacterium. And the starting material of BCG manufacturing is a single strain of red potato sourced from South Dakota. And this is the starting material for Merck's Pice BCG strain. So as you can imagine, there would be a lot of issues when there would be a fluctuation in that starting material, leading to many downstream effects. The other thing is because of how challenging this is to make and the pricing around BCG, because it's a vaccine for tuberculosis for the rest of the world, it's extremely unfavorable for new biosimilar players to come into this market and increase the supply of BCG. So with Sanofi pulling out of the manufacturing campaign in 2016, Merck is the only supplier of BCG right now for North America. You're running a combination study with Merck's Ketruda and also BMS's Updevo. Why is it key to collaborate like that? Despite Ketruda being approved for BCGR-responsive non-muscle invasive bladder cancer last year, which has been a great news for everyone, Ketruda only really works in about 15 to 20% of all patients in the long run. On top of that, we believe that the BCG shortage problem really warrants new therapies to be brought to the market. So our strategy here in partnering with Merck to get Keytruda is to first, we'd like to further potentiate the response rates of Keytruda alone with our oncolytic immunotherapy. And also hopefully downstream, we'd be able to tackle the first line market together and hopefully resolve the BCG shortage problem once and for all. And lastly, I'll just touch on from a cost saving standpoint, having a pharma partner such as Merck opting in, validating our program as well as supplying drugs, Keytruda, for free in this case, really helps us with saving costs in the clinical development process. When it comes to immunotherapies, what effect do you think COVID vaccines have had on patients' overall understanding of them? And how can this benefit oncolytic immunotherapy? One thing we'd like to clarify is that oncolytic viruses are very different to COVID-19 vaccines, but there are definitely similarities in that they're both activating the immune system against a foreign object. And certainly we have all been reminded that the benefits of vaccines have to our lives and how important it is to have a rapid and cost-effective development path to get a product to market. So in our case, the oncolytic immunotherapy CG0070, we are actively selectively killing cancer cells and training and priming the immune systems to recognize cancer cells again. So cancer cells can be seen as the foreign invasion in this setting. So I would say that the increased public awareness and education on vaccines in general would give bladder cancer patients more comfort around our immunotherapy, which we look forward to bring to the market in the near future. You have both a scientific and a business background. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what have been your greatest challenges in leading a company from both perspectives. I think the greatest challenge in running a clinical stage biotech company is that we need to communicate our value proposition to distinct but related audiences, such as doctors and patients and investors and partners. So the doctors are the ultimate customers providing care to patients and our investors and partners are supporting our efforts to make this vision come true. So overemphasizing either the science or the business would not lead to an optimal outcome. We think that the challenge and in a way the fun part is to try to marry the science and business together. So with that, we're then able to assemble a great team to support that vision. 
And so ultimately, when we have a great scientific idea, we need to be able to distill it down to a business plan and communicate that to investors who then support us and fund us to get this product to the market. So I think my science background allows me to do really deep dives with physicians and scientists, while my investing experience allows me to take a step back and really look at the big picture and how investors would like to see our story. And so having come from both worlds, I can empathize with both sides and continue to improve our communications with different stakeholders better. Arthur, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your insights on bladder cancer therapies. It's been really interesting learning about current treatment options and opportunities available. Thank you for having me. It's one of my favorite topics and I, I'm always happy to be talking about it. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Arthur Kwan, CEO of CG Oncology. My best leadership tip is to always ask yourself the why. Why are you doing this? Knowing your why is going to give you really the strength and perseverance to go through the difficult and challenging times. And it also anchors the vision that you have for your company, which sets the foundation for building a company that has a culture that is highly empowering and effective. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's PharmaExec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the PharmaExec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at PharmaExec.com, on Twitter at PharmaExec, on Instagram at PharmaExecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of PharmaExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.